Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting to paediatric dietitian Michelle Saunders from the Healthy Eating Clinic on whether or not toddlers need to take nutrition supplements. And you might be surprised by the answers. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing day. I am. I've got a special guest on my show today, which I'm super excited to introduce you all to. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. And I've said this on the show before, but I do work with some incredible people. My team are just amazing. And so for today's Ask Me Anything episode, I actually couldn't answer the question myself. Well, I decided I didn't want to, actually. I probably could have with some research, but I thought I have a paediatric dietitian on my team, Michelle Saunders, who's amazing. So I'm going to get her to answer the question today. But if you have a question that you'd love for me to answer on the show, all you have to do is head to my social media pages, Facebook or Instagram, Just go to private message me, tap that microphone button and record your 60 second question and I will answer it or one of my team will as today is going to happen on the show. But let me introduce to you Michelle. So Michelle's been working with me for four years coming up this year, I think, and she is incredible. I love working with her. Michelle, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So Michelle, we have a question today about toddlers. Now you as a paediatric dietitian deal with toddlers all the time. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) As well as Michelle is um, a mother of three. Do you want to just talk more just about, yeah, your fam bam and briefly about being a dietitian? Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So um, I, as Kate mentioned, have three children of my own. Uh, I have emerged through the toddler years, so now out of school age. Yes. So, um, but yeah, that being said, it is still very fresh in my memory. I don't think you get out of that one and forget it too easily. So, you know, I guess I have that personal experience. So whenever I'm working with clients, I can definitely relate to what they're going through. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, us dietitians aren't spared. <laughs> so my children have all tried fussy eating. They've all had childhood illnesses. They've all had their own sort of special needs and health concerns and things like that so yeah yeah amazing (laughs) yeah and one of the great things about Michelle is you're going to get really good quality dietetics based on evidence she's really passionate about that but it's sort of smooshed into personal experience so high amount of empathy um she knows what it's like so she's absolutely amazing well Let's get on to the show today and hear from our listener question. I'm curious about whether vitamin supplements and probiotics are necessary for toddlers. I often hear about iron, vitamin D, probiotics. Yeah, that's a great question. It is a good question, hey. (laughs) And look, it's something that 
I guess there's so many pressures out there as parents to be making sure we're getting our kids' nutrition right Mm. Um, and a lot of, you know, very exciting-looking marketing and things like that that make us think, okay, we need this for our child. So um, when it comes to supplements, so like vitamins and minerals and things like that, if your child has a diagnosed deficiency, then absolutely, 100%, whichever particular one that's been identified, they need supplementation to address that. Mm, okay. okay, yeah. Um, and I guess thinking of that more as a short-term solution because we want to investigate why did that happen in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Is there some reasons, common reasons, why toddlers might present with a deficiency in a nutrient? Yeah, absolutely. So it could be something relatively simple like fussy eating. Yeah. Okay, so choosing a limited range of foods, not getting that whole spectrum of our vitamins and minerals. One of the most common ones of those would be, especially if you have a toddler who's a milkaholic. So, you know, they're getting all of their nutrition from their milk. They're probably growing beautifully because they're getting the calories in, but they're getting it from one source. And unfortunately, milk is not a great source of iron. Right. So in those toddlers, it is quite common that we see iron deficiency Mm because they're just not getting it from their diet. Yeah. Um, and again, so in the short term, absolutely, we would need to supplement to bring those iron stores back up on track. Yeah. But behind the scenes, working on that food acceptance and trying to get more variety into their diet so that we're not left relying on iron supplements indefinitely. Yeah. 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 So any other reason, maybe non-diet related which would cause a deficiency. Is that something that happens in toddlers? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in, like, and again, it's less frequent, so not wanting to sort of put fear into anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but certainly, you know, children can be born with um, an inability or malabsorption um, issue where they just can't get that or absorb that nutrient mm. from their diet, yeah. regardless of whether or not they're eating it. Um, uh, it can be as a result of inflammation within the bowel. So those types of disorders. So yes, it can be not a result of a poor diet necessarily, but of some kind of inherent um, mm. disorder. Mm. And so in those individuals, you know, it is likely that long-term nutrition support is going to be needed to be able to meet those requirements. Yeah, right. So We've talked about sort of generally if there's a deficiency, they need a supplement. Is there any merit to just having extra nutrition? So say like a multivitamin or a toddler milk, you know, so say your toddler's eating reasonably well or you feel like they are, is there extra health benefits to be gained from from a multivitamin or supplement? No. So this is where some of the marketing of these products can can fool us a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> so um, look, when uh, a lot of the marketing's targeted is advertising what a particular nutrient might do for you. Yes. But that's sort of talking about how you know if if we were deficient in that nutrient, what would happen? So by having, for example, uh, iron, you know, being fatigued if we're low in iron. So mm. Often they'll say, hey, have an iron supplement. It'll help with energy levels. Okay, that's only going to be the case if you were deficient. Yeah. So if you're getting it from your diet, having an additional top up isn't necessary. It's not going to get an extra health benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. And with some of them, 
it, there's also the risk of toxicity. So right. particularly vitamin A, you know, being a fat-soluble vitamin, it accumulates within the body. Yeah. Um, and so if we have excess amounts of that, that can actually lead to some pretty scary consequences. Yeah, right. So more is not necessarily better. Mm. Um, and, I mean, with our water-soluble vitamins, you know, our B-group vitamins and things like that, even as adults we often get uh, the belief that if we have our Barocca or some kind of boost it's going to help us with more energy through the day um if it's in excess of what we need we end up just excreting that so essentially we just wear it out it's right. a very expensive <laughs> yeah um yep. and unnecessary and that's much the same with a lot of uh, supplements and things that are targeted at kids as well is they're not necessarily going to put their health at risk of toxicity mm. but it's money down the drain because yeah. it's not necessary it's just a waste and you'd be better off really focusing your efforts on just day-to-day eating habits and things like that. Yeah. So I can hear questions in my head of listeners with fussy toddlers thinking, how how would I know if my child's fussy eating is so bad that it's impacting nutritional status, right? Because sometimes yeah. I remember reading actually a paper a few days ago that talked about a, a huge sort of um, – root cause of fussy eating, and I say that in inverted commas, is that parents' expectations are warped about what and how much a child should be eating and that often just reassuring the parent that they're eating plenty, um, you know, and things like that is actually enough and it's the parent that's freaking out, Um, which is easy to do. I've freaked out many a time with my child. Um, But – but there is a point when fussy eating can tip into. So how how does someone know? How does the, the parent know? Yeah, um, that is a really good question. And it can be a difficult one to know because mm. sometimes these deficiencies might not be really obvious and in your face. Yeah. Um, so if your child does have a very limited diet and is excluding entire food groups, yeah. then that's putting the, them at an increased risk. Okay, right. they still might not necessarily have a deficiency, but yeah. you know, you can flag that they're at an increased risk. Mm. So before jumping into supplements, the best thing to do would be to have a checkup with your doctor. Mm. Okay. They're likely to, again, if they feel that the risk is significant, run some blood tests just to check what the levels are like. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously it's never fun to try and get blood tests taken from <laughs> children. Yeah. Okay, I get that. But at the same time, as I said, we don't want to be supplementing unnecessarily. Mm. So if it's considered to be a true risk, then that step of actually checking levels yeah. is where we need to go. Yeah. What What could you like do? So say if um, say a parent was coming to see you with that concern would a, a f- sort of a three to seven day food record help identify sort of potential areas to address for you as, yeah. a, as a dietitian? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the thing is, um, you know, often we over-exaggerate our, our issues where we think something's a really big problem mm. because we feel our child didn't eat a particular meal that we offered Um, But when we look at it in a broader context and see what has their food intake been over the week, okay, so if they didn't eat dinner one night and that happened to be the night that you offered some veggies and you're really concerned that they never eat veggies, but then if we looked at it over the course of the week and they actually did have some as part of a pasta sauce or 
in a veggie bake or some muffins that you made or something like that. Yeah. You know, they still probably have very strong fussy eating tendencies, but they are getting in some vegetables over their week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So by jotting it down, it can also provide a lot of reassurance to parents so mm. that they're not sort of reacting to this one terrible incident. Yeah. You know, there might have been an epic meltdown and a tantrum and stress levels were high. Um, and so by capturing that detail over the week, we can really put it into context and say, was that just a one-off? Mm. Are they getting all of their food groups over the week? And also have a look at how many serves they get on average. Um, cause that can also start to, you know, from, I guess my standpoint, when I see a client also see where are they getting all of their nutrition from? Mm. Cause a lot of times with fussy eaters, they do a beautiful job of growing because they are great at getting their calories in. Yeah. But they stick to their favourite food groups. Yeah. And so it might be as simple as just winding back on that favourite food group to create an appetite for some other foods in yeah. there. Yeah. I feel like back in the days when I used to work with fussy toddlers, the ultimate toddler diet is like milk, yogurt, crackers and fruit. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if they could cur- curate their own diet, <laughs> that'd be pretty much what they'd eat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, the, you know, the dairy is up there because a lot of times with fussy eating, it is about their degree of comfort with the food and familiarity yeah. with the food. Yeah. And, you know, they've been having either breast milk or formula since birth. So they're well accustomed to white milky things. Yeah. And so anything that ticks that box, they're going to be comfortable with and they're going to be happy to have that food. Yeah, yeah. So this is really cool. So we can sort of start to identify if there's risk of deficiency, we can check for underlying deficiencies and then that's going to sort of give us an idea of whether or not a supplement is needed and then we really just want to target the supplement at the deficiency rather than like a big broad spectrum multivitamin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And look, a lot of those multivitamins are in such small doses, they're not going to be adequate to treat a deficiency. That's so interesting. Is that just to keep their levels safe to, for use possibly. in a toddler? Yeah. yeah. So it's like a, you know, a broad spectrum kind of let's just cover all our bases, but it's in really small amounts. So if you had a true deficiency, there's not going to be enough in those to mm. actually address that problem. Yeah. Um, and I guess another problem with those is you know, to make multivitamins acceptable to kids, they appear like lollies. <laughs> they're the gummies, the multivitamin gummies or yeah. the calcium gummies and all of those types of things. So, you know, again, the better approach looking at that whole diet, so mm. they're getting all of the nutritional benefits that come from those foods. So, you know, we don't just eat vitamins and minerals. We also need the fibre, we need the protein, we need the carbs, yeah. we need the fats. Yeah. So by sort of targeting at a more sort of varied diet as opposed to just a little itty bitty in a lolly kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then we're also just not creating our own issues around daily lollies for the children. Yeah, interesting. It starts to normalise that as that that becomes an everyday food and they build an expectation around that that they have lollies and even this perception that those lollies are somehow healthful. So Yeah. And I think, you know, that kids and toddlers in particular are learning so much about the world. And I I I hate the idea that um that a child grows up thinking that there's health in this little pill or this gummy as opposed to, you know, the nutrients that we're finding in whole foods. Yeah. And and as hard as it is 
because I've done it too with my two kids. The journey of getting your kids to accept a wide variety of foods is so worth it. Oh, absolutely. If you stick at it, hey. Yeah. And look, if you're tackling this when they're toddlers, yeah. as difficult as it feels, it just gets harder the older they get. Right. Those behaviours become more ingrained. And mm. you know, if you think of your own habits, the longer you have a habit, the harder it is to break it. Yes. So also as they get older, they can start helping themselves to food. And so yeah, or you t- have or a talk little back. less control. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, as, as, as daunting as it might feel to tackle fussy eating in the toddler years, mm. it is a walk in the park compared to doing it with an eight-year-old or a teenager. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Look, guys, that's probably it for the show. That time flew. If you would love Michelle back on the phone to talk more about fussy eating, she actually is also a trained expert in dealing with problem feeders. We don't have time to go into that in today's episode. I actually did want to ask her about it, but I think we'll get you on again, Michelle, to chat about that. Yep, absolutely. Um, So make sure you let me know on my social pages if you'd like to hear Michelle again. But thank you so much. I hope that answered your question. Um, But amazing, Michelle. Thanks for having me. No worries. Have an excellent day, team, and we'll catch you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.